Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're joined by Jamie and we're going to talk about hiring accelerator called Pay or Plata. And we're going to find out how that helps the SMEs or startups trying to find the new talent when they also dealing with recruitment agencies. They may, may be difficult to pay the commission. How, how is that uh, problem solved through Pay? So welcome, Jamie. How are you today? Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm very well. Thank you, Mike. Very well. Uh, and yeah, very excited. Thank you very much for having me. So great stuff. I'm really curious about this topic. Close to my heart, recruitment, finding a job, things like this. So <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my background is in software and recruitment agencies in, in the past and I decided that I, I spotted a gap in, in the industry. And, and now I'm, a, I suppose, a technology founder who looks to help people get jobs and help businesses hire. All right, wonderful. So why have you started or have, why have you decided to start your own business and didn't work for one of the recruitment firms uh, until you retire? Yeah, so I I think I started my own business not because I wanted to you know work for myself, but because I saw a gap in the market that I thought there was a huge issue that that my candidates had and my clients had whilst I was at this agency and no one was solving it. And if no one was solving it, then I had to. So uh, I was really interested to try and go out and build technology that would help businesses hire and help candidates get jobs wherever they were. And and so I started a business to to tackle this big industry problem. All right, we'll get into this. What is the problem? What are the solutions? But even before we get there, I'd like to know what were your very first steps? Because every founder talks about how many clients we have and how much we've achieved. But how do you even get going from an idea? How was that for you? So... I am a huge believer of market research, and I believe that the best ideas come from a pain point that you've lived through uh, and you've felt the pain from it. So the very first steps that I had when I thought I had an idea was to actually ask lots of business people around me who could potentially use the product if I'd created it and find out whether it was a good idea, whether people would actually use it. And, and discover whether, whether it's worth my time investing and money investing into actually creating it. So I spoke to one, maybe 200 businesses at the start and thousands of candidates wow. to just make sure that I really knew. My old job meant that I would speak to hundreds of candidates a week. So it didn't take very long to get my market research, but I, I'm a big fan of everyone's got an idea. Once you've got the idea, you've got to go out there and make sure that it's validated, that people feel the pain, that it's a product that is actually going to solve a problem and whatever you feel, other people feel rather than just saying, I've got a product, let's build it and see what the market thinks. So first steps, 
figure out your idea and then go find out whether people like it. And I guess don't just talk to your friends, right? Never talk to your friends or your mother or father. They're always going to tell you that it's fantastic. They love it. There's a great book called The Mum Test that, that teaches you how to speak to people about your idea to make sure you're not tricking them into saying it's a great idea or, or getting support from them. It's all about figuring out whether they would use it. So speak to independent, unbiased individuals who will give you honest, transparent feedback. Brilliant. That's uh, wisdom number one. So let's find out more about what is the world's fire first hiring accelerator? What does that mean even? Absolutely. So what we do is we effectively help businesses hire through the use of recruitment agencies by doing two things. Number one, using our hire now pay later technology and funding, which means we help businesses split the cost of their recruitment invoices over six months for 0% interest. Uh, and we also give them a huge amount of support. So a lot of people think that just using a recruitment agency is very easy, but the entire hiring process itself is quite lethargic, time consuming and confusing. So we give them a huge amount of support on creating job specs, creating interview processes, working with different businesses, how to introduce them, what to look out for. We just offer them the finance and then a huge layer of support underneath. All right. All right. And in terms of clients or the companies that you serve, are these SMEs or the startups or how does that work? Yeah. So we work with SMEs. So we work from businesses, generally speaking, from five to, to 250 employees, those who hire and, and are scaling. And we don't generally work with much larger businesses than about 250. All right. And why do companies like this need recruiters at all? Isn't the problem that they have is it's a question of rather a, a cost rather than cash flow, right? Maybe they would like to hire directly. I know that they don't hire on a daily basis like big firms or big banks who brought recruiters in-house, they, but they may be a bit too small to pay. What, what is it, a three-month uh, salary as a commission? No, it's always a it's, majority of it is a percentage of the salary. So that mm -hmm. could be from 15 to 25% of, of the start salary. Listen, I think, so we don't work with businesses who can't afford to pay the fees, first of all. So we are mm -hmm. an SME lender. When we peel back the onion, that's effectively what we are. And so we don't work with businesses that are risky and, and can't afford, but actually we work with businesses that need the service in general. So I think a lot of people think that recruiters and recruitment agencies just provide you the candidate, but what they forget is actually the service around that. So it takes on average between 25 and 45 hours, dependent on their type of role, to actually find a specific candidate. And if you look at actually the amount of team members that have to be involved in the recruitment process, it can be well over 100 hours, which is potentially tens of thousands of pounds. And if you reduce that back for hard to reach and hard to find individuals, you can actually be getting you know, a lot of mistakes in the journey as well. So a lot of businesses use recruitment agencies. In the UK, the um, recruitment industry is worth over 52 billion pounds. So there's a lot of usage of agencies, but there's also new models, hybrid models coming out that startups and scale-ups are starting to use. So we help support them on every aspect of that, but it's because they don't have the expertise, money, or time resource to do it themselves, especially for the hard-to-reach candidates, and, and recruiters give them the ability to find those quicker. All right. So understood on the service, on the time as well. And actually, if I were you, I would actually look at the, the one-off nature of that cost as well. Mm -hmm. So maybe the, the businesses can afford it, but it is a one-off fee. And exactly. maybe the margins are there, but they are quite tight. So why don't spread it out over a few months? 
The question though is why would that have to be specialized? But I think the what you probably would say is because there is a tie-in with the recruitment agencies and the service around that. Or mm-hmm. is this something that you could actually get a loan for as an SME from some SME fintech, regardless of the purpose? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first thing to state is we charge 0% interest. So it's not, people say there's no such thing as free money. It's tied into our accelerator. But if they want to go and get a loan elsewhere, they can be paying anything from 6% to 20% per year on the loan that they take out. I think another thing to, to really state is that our service is very situational. So people who use our service aren't going out to proactively find business loans because they don't necessarily need the money. It's just better for their cash flow. So there's numerous reasons why businesses who can afford recruitment fees decide to split the cost over six months. It could be budget. It could be the ability to invest the money that they would have spent up front into different areas that can help grow the business quicker. There's lots of different reasons why businesses like to buy now, pay later. But for us, we are the cheapest available finance for this type of solution there is globally. And where does your financing come from in terms of investors, obviously, providing you capital to be able to do this? Yeah, so we're backed by fantastic investors and institutional providers of finance. So we we do help provide that finance. So it comes from our service in general. We're not, when we look at it being a broker and just giving them to any old lender, that we don't do that. So the service is tied into us. So yeah, we're very well backed. We've raised some funding in October, actually re-raising some funds now to help scale. And we do the lending or help do the lending ourselves. Well, just to follow one question on this, are you regulated then as well? On- no, we, we don't. We're B2B lending, so we don't fall under um, any regulations. We don't include the consumer into any part of this. So we don't take out personal guarantees or have any security against any directors. It's purely a, a, a business loan, effectively. Okay, understood. And you mentioned the your target customers are SMEs and SMBs, etc. You're based in the UK. So maybe if we zoom in on this, are you mostly focused on London or other regions? Or how does that work? We've, we have clients from all over the country at the moment. We seem to be attracting a lot of tech businesses. When you look at especially venture-backed tech businesses, they've got lots of money, but two metrics are in really important to them. That's the burn rate and the runway. And we help cure and maintain good burn rate and a good runway as well, extending their runway. So we help investors' money do more. And you'll find that probably the majority of those businesses are in London. But we still do have, we've got clients from all over the country, whether that's down south, whether that's in London, in the Midlands areas, we've got some in Manchester and all over the country. So there doesn't seem to be a particular area, but because London is more densely populated with businesses, I think ultimately we're going to have more businesses from there. Understood. And uh, well, how do you make money? You provide zero zero interest financing, but somebody has to pay you so you can pay the bills too. They have to. So we charge a support fee for every business that comes into our accelerator. So it really does depend. There's no um, one size fits all. It depends on the volume of their hiring, the level of support they need, the level of assistance during the process. But we charge a support fee effectively to to each business that that works with us. And then we also take a, a small fee from each recruiter that works with us. So it depends on how they're working, but we introduce our preferred partners to businesses who are looking to hire with vetted and accredited recruitment agencies. 
And we also make a small fee from that. The actual fee on the debt, we we don't make any money on. We just make money from supporting the businesses around us. That's clear. And you said earlier that you are the founder of the business. So how does your team look like? In recruitment, you also mentioned all kinds of the teams and sub-teams that are involved. So how about in a hiring accelerator? How does that work? Yeah, so we're, we're a really small team. We've got a, we've got a great tech team around us uh, and they've been fantastic. And obviously they help, help us build the software that, that allows us to be able to do everything on automation which is great. And then we've got a small commercial team of some salespeople, myself, and we'll continue to hire into those teams as we grow. But yeah, we're a small team. We've got technology that means we can keep ourselves lean and we can really focus on each business and make sure we have you know great customer service. But yeah, we will be, we'll be looking to grow the team as we scale across the country. All right. Well, that's good to hear, of course, uh, which leads me to the next question a bit more, you know, talk about it more broadly, because you've been in the recruitment business for a while. So Mm. what are the key pain points you think for candidates and employers? And how has it changed in the last five years? And where do you see the solutions? Where I'm hinting at that, for example, I hosted a live event uh, here in Switzerland a while ago, which basically is, it was a discussion with the founder of a recruitment company that leverages the technology a lot more than just for sorting out the CVs and, and keywords there, things like this, to be able to compete with the incumbents in this space. That's just one idea. But so what were the key points or what are the key points that you see in this business and emerging new solutions in the last few years? Yeah, I think one of the one of the main solutions that emerged in the last few years was the ability to screen and interview candidates remotely. So we have video interviews, we have screening questions, psychometrics, voice interviews, and this is all something we've built in technology as well. But for businesses themselves, it it's split between two different times. At times right now, there's huge unemployment, in which case you get large amounts of volume applications, and you have to spend lots and lots of time sieving through those, trying to find the best candidates. So for businesses, it's the ability to find the right candidates quickly so that they don't use up too much resource hiring the wrong people. But equally so, as times change, more different types of jobs have been created. So new technology appears and that leaves a skills shortage in the market. So in the UK, we have a huge skills gap within technology. There's not enough fantastic, well-trained developers to fill the roles that are now appearing within tech businesses. And so I think there's going to be a huge need for discovering and creating good talent in those areas as well. And when you look at candidates have often been failed with the service that they receive through the interviewing process. So often they find it difficult to find the right jobs. And when they do apply for the right jobs, they get no feedback. It could be the wrong fit. They don't know who they're speaking to. So I think a little bit of clarity for them to be able to find and pinpoint the right jobs that meet and match their skill set and experience, meaning that they don't need to sift through and get rejected from a bunch of businesses who don't give them any feedback, and then they obviously can't improve on that. So we're we're living in a very fluid, fast-moving technological world now where new jobs are appearing. So I think candidates need to get retrained in these particular skill sets, and businesses need to figure out where these good candidates are. If we solve that, we solve a very big issue. And in terms of search, do you think that these algorithms that are being used are getting better and smarter or are this the same as a few years ago? Because as candidates, sometimes I think a lot of people feel that you just need to bypass this and you need to get to the hiring manager because the algorithm is not going to be able to make a judgment if you 
miss on one skill out of 10, whether these nine ones where you are, you're so strong that it offsets that one missing one, right? Yeah, you're spot on. So I'm not a big fan of AI in in candidate searching or interviewing. I think when you're looking to hire someone, it's a very human action. It takes a human emotion, empathy to understand that we all live different lives. Some things might have happened, some might, as you said, you might miss out on one skill, but be fantastic in other areas and you can learn that skill on the job. I think that using technology, using too much technology as you're interviewing candidates and hiring is detrimental to the effect of finding the right candidates. And, And I don't think we should overutilize that. I think we should utilize technology to get information from candidates, but we need to make those decisions ourselves. I personally don't think AI or technology has any room or place for actual decision making. All right, understood. That's good to hear. And uh, shout out to all the HR recruitment personnel out there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And the hard work that they put in to yeah, to bypass this and, and make good decisions. So you also mentioned that you're going to be hiring, that you want to expand to the other regions. And if you take a long-term view, what's your end game or and where are you in terms of uh, your journey, uh, whether that's product development or geographic reach, what do you want to achieve next as a milestone or in the long term? In the long term, we want to be the global leading provider, helping fund small businesses hiring. We want to reach out into different areas as well. But effectively, we'd like to be able to make it more affordable and easier on people's ca- and businesses' cash flow to be able to hire. And every single hiring transaction that happens globally within these businesses through outsourced areas, we would like to fund those. So that's my global and, and long-term aspect. In the shorter term, we will look to invest heavily into our technology. That's where we'll be able to make the biggest inroads. And with that as well, I think we, we also want to invest heavily in our engagement in the kind of small, medium business community. And we've just spoken to Zero about a partnership where we can help businesses that use their, their technology for accounting technology. We can help them when they start to hire and scale as well. We'll start looking into great partnerships with VCs and people like Zero, And then we want to expand all the way across the UK and hopefully the next areas will be international. And we've got actually quite a lot of interest from quite a few countries actually worldwide at the moment. And we're just going to have to figure out which is the next one we leap into. Wonderful. So good luck. Jamie, what, uh, what would be the most relevant parties for you to, to connect with and where can find out more about Platerpay and uh, reach out? Any um, business that's looking to hire at the moment using recruitment agencies, please do reach out. Any VCs that they're invested in businesses that are looking to scale and they want to do more with their money, obviously do reach out. And the way you can reach out to me, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So please do reach out, connect and say hello. Or please do go on to www.plater.co. That's P-L-A-Y-T-E-R.co and send in a request and, and I will personally be in touch or one of the team. And yeah, we just want to speak to anyone that's hiring through recruitment agencies. We want to help you hire and make sure we do it more affordably. Great stuff. So good luck to play to pay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.